Welcome to season four of the Gamers Change Lives podcast. Over the first three seasons of the Gamers Change Lives podcast, we've had the opportunity to speak with men and women around the world who are staking their claim in the esports industry. This season, the theme is going to be accelerating success and harnessing the power of esports incubators and accelerators. Tom and his team are going to highlight the crucial role that incubators and accelerators have on the esports industry and showcase the journeys of entrepreneurs who have leveraged these programs to propel their businesses forward. And now, here's your host, Tom Leonard. I'm Tom Leonard. I'm the host of the Gamers Change Lives podcast, where we talk about how esports can create jobs anywhere in the world. Play games, create jobs, change lives. Now, in season one, we talked about jobs. In season two, we call it Follow the Money, where we talked about uh, sponsors and investment. Season three, we talked about business basics. And now in season four, we're talking about uh, accelerators, incubators, and other platforms where entrepreneurs can own their business skills. So the goal of the conversation is to provide inspiration to esports entrepreneurs and other entrepreneurs to um, go out there and seek the tools and the mentorship, the training that's available through these established platforms. Today, really, really happy to have as our guest, Elena Lobova, who is in London. She's the co-founder of GD Bay. She's been in the game industry for, for a while, and she's also from the Ukraine, and she's living in London. So we we will have all kinds of things to talk about. Welcome, Elena. Hello. Hi. Uh, thank you for having me here. I think I've already bungled your name. It's Elena, right? Yeah, it's, no, it's perfectly fine. Yeah, Elena is okay. Yeah. No, no. Okay. Uh, in, in, yeah, so you're, you're, you're there in London right now. Yeah, I am. Okay. You, know, um, you are originally from Ukraine. Yes. Could you, uh, maybe just for, for our audience, could you t- tell us a little bit about what what, um, what what's going on there from your perspective? Because we don't have a lot of opportunity here to talk about things that are really, really important like this. And I think it's it's good for our audience to hear from someone who, who has a, a very personal perspective on it. Yes, of course. Um, so, yeah, I'm originally from Ukraine. I've been born and raised there, and I lived in Ukraine until early 2022. So I just recently relocated. Um, actually fled the war when it broke out in February 2022. Uh, actually, it's been the second time in my life when I had to flee war because I was born and raised in Lugansk in the eastern part of Ukraine. So in 2014, I was there. I was a chief operational officer of a game development company. And we had our main office, 120 people office in Lugansk. So when the war broke out there in 2014, we had to relocate this 120 people with their families and relocate ourselves to other regions of Ukraine. And naturally, the management team relocated to Kiev. And this is where I lived. For the next eight years before the full-scale war broke out so when it happened i was still in kiev uh, and all my team was in ukraine it was already the company that i'm managing right now that i co-founded a few years back and um it's, it's been it's been rather tough for us uh one more 
reason why it was tough is because we had a, a international online game jam that we hosted uh, that was supposed to start just the next day after the full-scale invasion began. And uh, spoilers, we did it. We, we, we ran it anyway, like literally from, from bomb shelters. But after this, uh, I went to I went to, to Slovakia first and then to the United Kingdom, where I am right now. But my team is still in Ukraine. And uh, of course, I have a lot of connections with Ukraine. And um, I'm doing as much as I can, probably as every Ukrainian in the world, uh, to help my country. And uh, when this war started, we realized how important it is to keep together and to support each other as a country and a nation and as an industry. So we started uh, coming together as a united front to the industry conferences. Just last year in 2023, we had our first country booth at Gamescom uh, that I helped organizing. And uh, also I'm hosting some charity events at the games industry um, conferences around the world. So doing as much as we can. Uh, obviously, the war is still going and uh, it's, it's, it's sometimes it's even like escalating even more and further. The front line now is as long as ever. And uh, of course, like our country, our industry and our people need as much support as possible. So we are doing our best, especially the ones who are privileged to be outside of the country and to not experience this air raid alerts all the time. Uh, we, we put a, a lot of effort into into it and really hope that um, peop other people from, from other countries would also support us. I'm actually seeing a lot of support from, from uh, game developers and uh, people around the world. And I'm very, very thankful for this. Uh, my friends from Ukraine started this uh, charity initiative called Game Dev Under Bombs to support our industry colleagues who started their volunteering initiatives or uh, who went to the front lines to defend our country. So we're constantly getting some requests from them. Uh, we raise funds and uh, direct it to, 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 the, to the needs that are the most actual at the moment. It, yeah, it's, it's 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 really hard for people here to have an understanding of what a what a must. I'm here in the United States, or an understanding of what it must be like, must have been like, especially at the beginning there on the ground. Could you describe a little bit about the games? Because one of the things I want to make clear here, we we are usually talking about esports, but in this particular case, we're talking more about game development. But we're talking about how the, your platforms for doing uh, for helping. Um, uh, game developers, which is, is is appropriate here. But one of the things I, I, I've always been interested in is the game development industry in Ukraine has always been pretty active, hasn't it? Yeah. Yeah, it is. It, it is quite active. Uh, we have some big titles coming from Ukraine, like Stalker and uh, Metro, obviously. And there are a lot of indie studios. And their number is, is, is growing bigger and bigger every year i don't even know all of them but last time when we did the survey uh, it was over 200 in the studios and i believe there are even more now and uh, of course uh, naturally since uh, there is a lot of technical and uh, creative talent in ukraine but also the cost of life is not so expensive comparing to uh, western europe or the us ukraine became 
um, uh, hotspot for game development outsourcing. So big companies like Electronic Arts or Blizzard uh, do a lot of order, a lot of work from from Ukrainian outsourcing service providers. Yes, yes. Um, first thing we always ask here on the podcast is, um, uh, no, really appreciate what, what you have to say there. And everyone put a link to the to the event that to the charity that that Ellen is talking about, and encourage everyone to go check it out. So one of the things that we always ask here on the podcast is uh, if if the guest is a gamer or not. I think that's probably a pretty simple uh, uh, question um, for you. Can you talk about what got you started in gaming? Okay. So, well, I'm not sure if I will be uh, the ruler exception. I, I feel like I'm more of an exception because I never considered myself a hardcore gamer. Of course, I did play games while growing up, but I I wouldn't say that I was like a very hardcore, and I never had an idea, even an idea of working in gaming industry. It's, it wasn't something that I had in mind. I had no idea that games are developed in Ukraine, and uh, I thought that most of them are developed uh, in Western Europe and 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 in the in the northern uh, part of America. And um, I had no idea, so that it's even an option. Uh, until I was in university, I was uh, studying computer science. I was already uh, completing my master's, and uh, I was part of international student nonprofit organization. We were doing some charity events, uh, so obviously it's my thing <laughs> since the beginning. And uh, in this in this um, organization, I was responsible for uh, involving some companies and corporations to support our social projects. Uh, and this is how I got to know a young entrepreneur from my hometown, Lugansk, who had his own game development company, who started it when he was like very, very young and already had like a 30 people company that was quite decent. Uh, and uh, they supported our social project. We worked together. Um, it really worked out well for us. We realized that we have like similar similar values, and uh, he just reached out to me after the event and uh, offered me a job. Basically, he offered me a job of uh, chief operational officer. So I have this uh, very unusual uh, career path uh, when I started from the top position from the very beginning. So I joined this company as chief operational officer. The company is called Dialogus. It still exists. And uh, over the next few years, we grew up to 300 people. We started uh, several offices around Ukraine and a representative office in Germany. And uh, I stayed in this company for the next six years. And I, even though I left the company, I never left the gaming industry because I just like I fell in love with the industry. I literally think that game development is one of the best industries in the world. And uh, there are amazing people to work with. What do you say to um, a, a lot of a lot of conversations always that we've had here on the podcast is always like, well, how do how do kids um, how are kids allowed to play video games so much? I guess I'm I'm not being very very clear here. It's, it's like what's what do young people learn from playing games? What, what's the reason that that parents maybe should let them play games more than they do? Okay, yeah, that's a good question. Um, I, I, I do believe that uh, 
most games um, uh, like very very actually good for, for children for developing of, of their skills and uh, for small children of course uh, this uh, content should be uh, very like heavily censored and uh, it should go through some like approval processes not just uh, for uh, some content for, for for older kids but also from psychological point of view uh, so they could could develop their uh, they could could develop better they could develop their skills so small for small kids it could be like even physical skills uh, but for for older kids some games they can also help them uh, teach some empathy it, there are some very like complex narrations uh, and uh, very complex stories that let them live through different scenarios and uh, uh, let them associate themselves with the, with the game characters and uh, get 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 more life experience, so to say, uh, by uh, being playing as a game character even in the young age. Um, and uh, overall, for some kids, uh, it can be um, this way where they can socialize so there are a lot of shy kids who feel not very comfortable uh, talking to other kids face to face so through the games by playing with other people online uh, sometimes it can help them um, unlock their potential to uh, socialize with other people and to find find friends and to build conversations and future relation relationships yes yes yeah, that's, that's well said Let's talk a little bit about, because um, the theme of the podcast for this season is talking about incubators and accelerators and how they're, they can be used as tools for entrepreneurs for really doing any kind of industry, not just game development, not just esports, but really anything. Because one of the things we want to focus on is that there are tools out there, there are organizations out there uh, that people can take advantage of to help their business career. And one of the things I want to spend a little bit of time is talking about uh, GD Bay, because in doing a little investigation there, it's just like a, it's really an interesting platform that is kind of creating its own um, incubator um, program by 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 bringing in a lot of the same um, uh, aspects of of, a, of, a, of what we call a, an uh, an incubator. So can you talk a little bit about what GD Bay is? And most importantly, how did it start out? Okay, yeah. Uh, thanks for this question. Uh, well, let, let me start from the beginning then. <laughs> uh, I already told you about how my uh, career in game development started. So I was uh, with this company, iLogos, helping it to grow for six years. And uh, after I left, um, I had a little sabbatical uh, while I was just doing some private consultancy, organizing some small events. Um, and somehow during this sabbatical, this small consultancy project grew into a business. So at first it was just me who helped game developers uh, find publishers, investors. I helped them mostly knowing that I have a lot of experience in gaming business. These developers reached out to me asking for some advice on how to present their project, how to pitch the game, what put in the pitch deck, game presentation, who to approach with. And I helped them with these things. And then I realized there is a 
like a big need for this um, for this kind of advice for this kind of consultancy and I started Achievers Hub uh, that was basically like an online accelerator for gaming companies uh, we accepted teams uh, like with, with, with games that were already on some stage of development not finished yet but already like work in progress uh, the ones that we believed the most, we accepted them into our program. Um, we connected them with mentors who were games industry professionals with more experience in different fields who could provide them some guidance and advice on how to make their game better, on how to uh, present it again in a better way, how to raise funds and so on. And we helped them find well, raise funds or find a publisher depending on their business goals. So it started first as, as an kind of an incubator. And uh, roughly at the same time, my industry friend, Stan, he's also from Ukraine, he started uh, building a, a website uh, that was supposed to be like a connector for gaming companies. Uh, he wanted to make, at first he wanted to make just like a directory of all gaming companies, contact information and so on. And over time, our projects were de developing together at the same time. And at some point, we just decided to merge it into one big project. And this is what GDBay currently is. So basically, GDBay is a networking platform for games industry. Some people call it uh, LinkedIn for game developers. Uh, so it currently has uh, over 3,000 members from all around the world. And with help of tools that we provide there, they can find mentors, they can find some advice, they can find uh, business opportunities, educational materials. So you just create your profile and you can see all of the things that are available on the website. Uh, our biggest project is called Global Games Pitch. It's a pitching portal where developers present their games in front of publishers and investors and in front of mentors. There is an ongoing part and also some online events where they can do it live. So it's basically similar to what I was doing at Achievers Hub. Just in this case, um, it's uh, not that much of a personal approach and more providing tools and providing a framework for these people to find each other and to work together in this way, uh, helping more teams and even more uh, companies. What I, what I would encourage people to do is go, I, I was watching your video out there from your, uh, I think it was your five-year anniversary. Yeah, yeah, it was from, last year. Uh, maybe six months ago or so, which was a really good description of each of the different, you know, uh, at the beginning and some other really good information out there. Because one of the things I... Um, Maybe talk a little bit more about um, um, global games pitch because one of the things I think uh, for a lot of people it's very intimidating. It's like oh, pitching. It's like oh, you know, I I I'm, I don't have a pitch deck. I don't know. I don't know how to do it, and I'm going to mess it up, and and so on. What's what's your advice to people from your experience on putting together the pitch deck? Because one of the things I saw there that I thought was really clever if I remember right, is that you can, your, your platform helps people create pitch decks. I mean, it's it's not like, oh, you need to go out and learn PowerPoint and everything. It's like, no, 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 we will help you do it because we've done it before. Can you just talk about the pitch deck process? Yes, of course. Yeah, we do. We do help developers 
with this because of course we've seen a lot of game pitches over the years and uh, we've seen how uh, the investors and publishers were reacting to them. We've gathered some of their recommendations and we created um, a pitch deck template, just generic presentation with um, some like basic information that your pitch deck should include. And uh, some pitching tips and tricks. Uh, it's a guide. It's like a PDF guide uh, with some also some some tips on how to approach pitching. Like what what questions you need to answer yourselves. How to structure your written pitch deck. How to st- structure your like verbal pitch. Also, how to approach the publisher. What to include. What kind of com- information it's better to include in the very beginning and what kind of information it's better to reveal on the later stages. Uh, I think that's one of the good things about global game speech is that there are time constraints for the pitch for every team. Uh, every team has a 15-minute slot during the live show and uh, out of this 15 minutes, only 8 minutes is pitching itself. The rest is feedback from mentors, uh, questions from the publishers, and some technical uh, setup. So everyone has only eight minutes and they need to put the essential information about their game in this eight minutes. And of course we can help with this and our mentors can help with this. Uh, But I think it provides a lot of great um, potential to the developers, even the the constraint itself, that they need to select the most important uh, information, but still, show all the best parts. Yeah, that's one of the things I always, I always say about going to business school, getting an MBA years and years ago, was that one of the things that you learn is time management because there there were so many things you could not physically do everything that was asked of you in the courses. I mean, it just, so part of the deal was to be able to figure out how to, um, how to manage in, in a certain amount of time out there. I think one of the valuable things um, that I saw there is just the ability to give multiple pitches. Because one of the things is, is like, you don't want to, you don't want to have your first pitch be your most important pitch in your career. I mean, you want, you want, yeah. if you have a, a mechanism to do it multiple times, that's, that's, uh, to me, that, that, that's really valuable. So you also have a court, do you have courses out there or is that in the future? It, it's in the future. It's still, it's still work in progress. So for now, we only have, um, webinars that we host sometimes and we put them all all of, all of the webinar recordings on a GDBay network so they're available for all GDBay network users uh, but we haven't uh, structured them still in in form of courses we, we, we're working on the platform on, on a separate like branch of the platform right now uh, it should be launched this year hopefully Q2 probably maybe Q3 where do you find the mentors? Where do you find the people to, to, um, because it, it's pretty easy. I, I can conceptualize, okay, I, I know where the, the game developers, game developers are and what, you know, where they're coming from and they're looking for all this information. But what on the mentor side, who are the best, uh, who are the, the kinds of, not the best, who are the, who are the, what kind of skills do the mentors bring? Yeah. Okay. Uh, well, this is this is this is the also like a great thing about the gaming industry that I'm noticing all the time. 
that there are so many people who reached some level of success and really willing to give back to the industry and to pass their knowledge uh, to the next generation of game developers. For me, like a perf- probably like a perfect profile of mentor is someone who has been in the same place as these developers are before. Maybe he started his own indie studio some time ago. Or like all, all of the mentors were at, at some point they were the beginners. And then they got to some, like they built some successful careers. Some of them launched some successful games. Some of them uh, launched games that failed. And it was also a great experience that they can share. Uh, so the the first, first and foremost, these people need to have the desire to share their knowledge. And uh, they, they need to be able to not just like, be like great professionals but to be able to explain it to people so there should be should be some kind of uh, teaching skills and usually these people uh, who enjoy sharing uh, their experience and who can do that uh, they could be found at uh, games industry conferences as speakers as uh, like workshop presenters uh, there are more or less the same people who always like do it as a part of their career they for work for example they can be a game designer or an art director or like a ceo of the studio but as as their like side side activity they share with people they go to the events they judge some competitions most of these uh, jobs are not paid for in, in in any way so they are just doing it for the sake of industry growth and development they want to see this industry succeed and they want to see the talented developers and uh, amazing games succeed. And that's why they, they, do, they do it. Because at the end of the day, uh, success of the industry is our collective success. And it always, uh, when, when, when the industry is doing good, everybody is doing good. And when the industry is doing bad, everybody is doing bad. <laughs> yes, yes. Um you mentioned events there. And one of the things I want to talk about, because I, I saw that you're, you're an event organizer. Well, yeah. <laughs> so, and, and have been for a long time and a speaker. Can you maybe describe a little bit of what's, what's the value of people going to events? Why is it important that entrepreneurs, you know, whether you're in game development or if you're in esports or, or fishing or boating or whatever it is, what, what's the value as it? as an entrepreneur to be be a participant okay well i'm a a big event enthusiast and that's a little funny because i never really wanted to work in events and i didn't want to make it my like my main business but still i naturally gravitate to some kind of events all the time and organize it all the time so i probably need to finally accept that this is this is like some very inseparable part of my professional past um I think that events can be great from so many perspectives. Um, first of all, most of these events have the educational program. They have lectures that I already mentioned, some workshops. So some people just go to events, even if they don't have a business goal, just to to listen to the speakers and to talk to these people in person. Uh, you can find you can you can meet people who are your heroes in the industry who developed some of your favorite games and uh, they're usually very open 
to talk, to discuss, to uh, look, have a look at your game, maybe provide some feedback. This is another, this is another great um, thing that you can do at events. You can have like sometimes uh, some events provide some expo space where you can actually show your product. If you're working on the game and you can, um, you have something to show to people, this is a great place where you can collect a lot of feedback in a short time because when you stand here with your game even if you don't have an official booth you can just go around and show your game to the people or whatever you're working on you meet like thousands maybe hundreds of people a day and you collect so much so much information so much feedback just by observe, observing them play your game for example uh, a lot of events also have business uh, matchmaking where you can see other entrepreneurs who are going to the events and you can set up meetings with them in advance. And of course, you can talk to these people online as well. You can find them on LinkedIn. Uh, but when you are already there, when you're already in this place and your job is just to, to, to talk to people, it's easier to get more connections and it's easier to get deeper connections. Because of course, when you talk face-to-face with a person, when you talk in person, uh, it's, 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 it can lead to much more results. And sometimes you don't even know what this uh, connection would bring. Sometimes you don't have any immediate uh, business with this person. But over time, uh, if you keep meeting at the events, if you keep discussing what's going on in the industry, uh, there might be something brilliant from this connection. Like you can start your own company together. I know these examples. And uh, yeah, I also talked about, uh, I also uh, thought about the insights. Going to the events is a great opportunity to get an insight on what's going on in the market in general. So you come there, you see what people are working on, what people are presenting, what people are talking about, and you can go back with so much information that can inspire you and provide you some guidance on where you need to move your company to for example or where you need to develop if you're looking for a job for example if you or you want to change the job you can also have a look at all of the people from different com- companies and talk to them about job opportunities one of the yeah because I, I i'm a i'm a big believer in events um as well because they're, they're just fun i mean it's just it, it's just oh i forgot about the fun part <laughs> yeah. yes yes it's like uh no, I mean, that's one of the things when they used to do E3 here in Los Angeles. Yeah. It's like, you did not even have to go to E3. You, you could just go to the events that everyone was hand, and the parties and everything that was outside. That was that was as, as good as a, a ticket inside. What is your um, favorite, favorite is probably a bad word. What is one a- event that you created that was really a lot of fun? And you always look back and you were like, that that was really a great event, and I'm not trying to have you pick your favorite one of all the what the ones. But what was one that 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 you created that maybe surprised you a little bit? It's like wow, that really worked out. Oh, it's every every <laughs> it's every single one of them to be honest, uh, because I'm a, a lot of what what we're doing, especially with GD Bay. Uh, is something new that some something that didn't exist like a pitching platform it's not like we saw it somewhere and we decided to copy it we just came up with all of this from scratch 
so yeah, I'll probably talk about a global games pitch because it was like we had no idea if it it would if it would work or not. Uh, we had to come up with how they should like how people should interact with each other, how the, what to put on the platform, what to put in the live event, uh, how long the pitch should be. Uh, who should be the mentors, like all of these small details, how this mentorship should work. We're actually adding more and more over the years since we started. We listen to the feedback that uh, developers and publishers provide, and we add some new things. And But now, of, of course, we already know that, that people liked it. But the first one, probably, it was, it was, it was the most... Uh, surprising for me, like in a good way, because I really, really, uh, I wasn't sure that uh, people would go to this kind of event. It's, it's, it's online. It's something new. It's something they never heard of, and uh, people got tickets and and went there. And uh, this first few pitches, when I could see developers joining from Australia, from, um, fr- from, from Asia, from Africa. Uh, they were joining the stream one by one, saying like "hello from I don't know, New Zealand," and pitching their games and realizing that you brought these people together who wouldn't probably be in the same space otherwise. So, one of the things I wanted to ask you about is um, when someone is participating in either an online event like you have with Games Pitch or an offline, you know, an in-person incubator or accelerator. What's your advice on how they can get the most out of it? Because what we find in talking to people is people don't join these things just just for fun. I mean, they're usually pretty motivated. And but but some people are going to get more out of it than others. Any advice on let's how um and how to get the most out of the experience itself? Yeah, I think that my advice would sound kind of obvious. But it actually, like, if you think about it, not many people do it properly. So my advice is just to prepare as much as you can. Uh, Sometimes I can see that people uh, get these tickets to expensive tickets to some events, book their hotels, their flights, and they expect some, uh, like, some business to come out of it, of course. But then they end up not... uh, really like not setting up meetings there and they just show up without some pre-scheduled meetings and they expect that the business would magically happen in itself and it really rarely does so if you participate in some event really check out the website all of the information for what opportunities it presents sometimes this the events present a lot of different opportunities in, in addition to just going to talks uh, or like going to the meetings, you can find some roundtables that you can join. You can find enter into some pitching competition or some other kind of competition. Uh, many events have these uh, additional activities that can um, like bring you more value just uh, if you just look closely <laughs> at them. And, and uh, the more you prepare, the, 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 the better it is. Before you go to the meetings, of course, it makes sense to check out uh, what this person does in this company, uh, what this company does in general, what their business goals, trying to predict uh, what would be their needs and pain points that you can help them to, uh, to, to release somehow. 
Uh, so, um, so yeah, so preparation, preparation is, is key. And one more thing probably, uh, is, uh, if you know someone who has already been to this event and you haven't been, just talk to this person. Uh, usually there are a lot of, uh, things that you don't know the first comer, for example, like where everybody hang out after hours. Uh, there are some, at some events, there are some specific like hotel lobbies where people tend to gather. And uh, of course, you would probably want to stay in this hotel or like be somewhere nearby. Uh, some uh, some advice can be as, as simple uh, as, and as practical as like just wearing comfortable shoes. Because if you talk about big events like Gamescom, there are 11 halls and you will probably be need like be walking running to your meetings uh also makes sense to look at the event when you and realize how big it is before setting your meetings sometimes it might take like 15 minutes just to get from one hall to another uh so as much preparation as possible and like talking to people who has been to these events before asking for their advice, maybe some tips and tricks. Uh, last year, when we organized this uh, Ukrainian booth, uh, my colleagues asked me to write some guide for the indie developers for whom it was the first Gamescom. And at first I was like, what am I going to write there? Like, what, what, ca what can I advise? And then I ended up with a pretty long one. <laughs> Turned out that there are so many details that I don't even think about now as I like 10, 10 times, 10 plus times Gamescom goer, but they have had no idea before they found out from me. That's, that's some really good practical advice there. That it's Like you said, it's obvious, but not so obvious. It's like in, in the preparation part, I really like hearing about that because one of the things like, I know going to San Diego Comic-Con here, I mean, it's not a business event, but it's a, but if you plan things in advance, you have a much more um, rewarding experience for your time there than if you just show up and I'm just going to see what's see what's going on. If you do a little bit of planning beforehand, that 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 is really good. Could you talk a little bit about game developer? Because really, one of the things we're always talking about here is networking. Could you describe, let's say if you're a game developer, what what should your network, what should your professional network look like? Any, any suggestions there? Yeah, uh, of course. I'm a um... Uh, big believer in networking too, and I think that our connections uh, can literally help us in most cases with almost anything that we might need. Uh, so for a game developer, I think it would be good to uh, get connected to other like fellow game developers and to share, uh, to be able to share some experience with them and to give each other advice. I know there are some developers who are. Uh, very protective over their projects. They think that someone is going to steal their ideas. Uh, and that's why they just don't even talk to other developers, um, which I think is not really good for them. They're not doing themselves any good by this, uh, because by this in these conversations, a lot of amazing innovations can actually like emerge and uh, some, some great ideas. So it's good to talk to, to fellow developers, to people in your area. For example, if you are doing art with fellow artists, if you are doing a game design with fellow game designers, um, and uh, of course, people that you look up to, someone who like can be a role model for you in some way, so you can get some 
uh, inspiration. You can get some advice from them. And obviously, people you can potentially have business with. Uh, for example, if you're a game developer and you're going to publish your game on Apple Store, Google Play, it's good to have contacts in Apple and Google and constantly nurture, nurture these contacts, go to their events, uh, show up at some receptions, uh, just talk to these people, not necessarily pitch all the time, even if you don't have anything to pitch. It's good to always uh, nurture your relationship with, with, with your potential business partners uh, because when you actually need something from them or you have some offer, uh, you would more likely get a positive reply from a person who already likes you on a personal level. I think I think it's really good advice. It's like, don't always be pitching. It's like, um, save, save, your, save that for the appropriate time and, and people are, build that relationship up first yeah do that. i just thought about something i may add something about don't always be pitching i just yes, remember yes, i just remembered one of the points that i included in this guide for uh first uh, comers to gamescom uh don't pitch at the after parties of course sometimes it's uh, appropriate when you're in the conversation and you can talk about your project of course you can show it but don't be in this working pitching mode uh, when you just go from one person to another, pitch, go to another one at the bar, people want to have some relaxed time also, and it can be annoying. Well, I think I think also people want to do business with people they like. Yeah. And so if you can use the use the networking events to build rapport with people, um, you, you, I mean, it always helps if you're naturally likable. But it, build that rapport, and then because the other thing I think uh, a lot of people. Um, are very short-sighted. I mean, it's easy to get caught up in, in in what you're doing right now. But I think the real value of networking is long-term. It's like, yes, you may, you may have this project right now. You may have this game right now that you want to pitch. But really, what you want to do is be able to set up a series of, you know, hopefully this is not the only game you're ever going to create. So you want to build up a relationship that you can use over time. Yeah. I, I completely agree with this. But adding on up on the um, naturally likable people, I actually think that a lot of, of course, it, it, it may, it, it's someone's case, but a lot of the skills can be taught, can be developed over time. Uh, you don't have to be like Prince Charming from, from birth uh, to, to be able to be likable. Uh, if you behave in, in, in the... In, in certain way, if you present yourself in certain way, if you're just like nice, compassionate, listen to other people, really ask about them and really interested in what they're doing and really trying to help them, it can make you likable. It doesn't matter what your background is. Maybe you were somehow like very shy at some point, but you can learn these skills. It's a, it's a good point. That's a good point. What is it that makes you excited about the future? of game development. What do you see coming down the, the, the road in the in the in the short term or even in the long term that you're like, wow, I really am glad that I am in this industry because I think this is really going I think I think where we're headed is 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 good and this is where we're headed. I think that what excites me the most is the fact of uh, changes itself and how rapidly the new technologies emerge and become our new normal. I remember 
2012, I think it was my first Gamescom, and I could see VR glasses for the first time. And back then, it was something, you know, out of this world completely, something very, very new. And for now, VR uh, games and, like, VR in general just became a part of, like, of of, of uh, our everyday reality and uh, just one more platform. And uh, so many things are developing. I remember, I think, I first iPhone just came out in 2006. It was not long time ago, if you think about it. But since then, looking at how it, how mobile games developed, how they how they look like, I remember this first mobile games that looked like Tetris, like like games on this like handheld Tetris. And now you can ha- have so advanced graphics in the mobile games that it looks like a, like 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 a movie on HD screen. Yeah, and. Uh, the pace, uh, the, the acceleration that 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 dev- the pace develops in, I think it's like an exponential development. Yeah. And the, the fact that I don't even imagine what's gonna be in gaming in the next ten years uh, excites me the most. No, that, 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 that's good. That you don't know what's coming up is what's uh, exciting yeah. out there. He, you know, I really appreciate you taking a little bit of time here to talk about your unique experience here in, in game development, which I think can be uh, other people, you know, other uh, entrepreneurs can take a page. I just, your, your really practical advice on events, prepare. I mean, that's something that I'm going to remember. It's just like, that's, it's, it's so easy to do. And so uh, often not done. So where, where can people find you online? Uh, okay. So then you can find me on LinkedIn, on Facebook, I'm, Elena or Olena, you can it's my other spelling of my name. Uh, but I think I use Elena on most of my social networks. Um, so we have Facebook, LinkedIn, Instagram also, more personal, but still posting some work stuff there as well. Some things about living in London if someone's interested. And and if someone is interested, also, also posting uh, about Ukraine a lot and uh, not just about the war but also Ukrainian art and uh, Ukrainian fashion. I'm a big uh, fan of Ukrainian fashion. I don't know if there will be some video, but uh, I'm wearing a Ukrainian brand right now. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, so if you're interested in this part too, then please welcome to my social networks. No, that's great. No, always always bring that up because that's that's an important story to be, uh, to be talking about. So, again, Elena, thanks for... Um, Thanks for your time. This is the Gamers Change Lives podcast. What we ask people here to do is to go out there and subscribe to our podcast, wherever you're listening to the podcast. We may not have the largest audience out there, but we have a really good community of people that we built over over the last 60 episodes now here. So go out there, follow us on social media. Most importantly, engage with us. Engage with uh, with with our content because that's that's where we bring value out there so thanks again elena elena thank you too thank you for having me here it was a real pleasure gamers change life podcast play games create jobs change lives see you next time you've just heard the gamers change lives podcast if you enjoyed this episode please take a moment and leave a review and if you haven't subscribed do so right now so that you can stay up to date with episodes as soon as they're uploaded 
and so you can hit the ground running on changing your esports adventure forever. You can also visit us at GamersChangeLivesPodcast.com. Play games, create jobs, change lives. Thanks for listening.